Welcome to the Eat Local CMY podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, my guest is Caitlin Gamby, who is one of the co-owners of the Brewster Inn out in Casanova. Well, I had a great time sitting down and talking with Caitlin, and actually, I think that this is the new record for the longest episode that we've ever done. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, But that's what happens when you get two people sitting down talking about something they're interested in, which for Caitlin and I is food and the restaurant industry, and also enjoying a glass of bourbon and then a glass of whiskey from uh, Last Shot Distillery out in Skinny Atlas. That actually is not a sponsored mention. I had just bought two bottles of their uh, bourbon and whiskey back at the fair, and I've had it down here at the studio slowly drinking it with each guest that comes on, and I would definitely recommend going out and getting a bottle of their bourbon, especially as the holidays are coming up. It's just very smooth and delicious, and get it, drink it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Well, our sponsor for this week's episode is Sriracha Cues. Listen, they make hot sauce. They make a lot of different hot sauces, um, from 1911 to recess coffee to just a bunch of different hot sauces. And if you didn't catch, uh, if you didn't see on Facebook or Insta or yeah, Facebook or Instagram. Um, I did a hot sauce challenge with their hottest hot sauce called the ginger reaper sauce. And it was for me pretty bad. Uh, but anyways, they make some delicious hot sauces. I'm not a hot sauce person, but I love this stuff. So I would recommend getting yourself a bottle or 10. You can head over to SrirachaCues.com. That's S Y R A C H A C U S E.com. Um, like I said, they do this annual subscription service over there. You can get 12 bottles uh, delivered. You get one delivered each month to your door. It's a total of like 200 and whatever dollars to 206 or 216, somewhere around there. Shipping is free. We already have a couple people we're buying that for on our Christmas gift list this year. So I highly recommend Sriracha Q's hot sauce. It's some delicious stuff. I'm happy I did it, but I didn't bring up the... Uh, Empire Beer closing situation uh, with Caitlin, even though, you know, her business is right in Casanova. But if you hadn't heard on the news and Syracuse.com, they announced, you know, there's been this whole Empire thing. I've mentioned it in the past two episodes because we talked about it in the podcast and uh, Empire is it, it was known, exists no more. Um, You also know I work for Cafe Kubal and that's my nine to five job. And I produce a podcast for them. And, you know, we had David, the former owner of the former Empire Brewing Company, on the Kubal podcast right when everything happened downtown. And as of the recording of this intro right now, I believe that we're going to have the um, one of the partners or whatever, the person in charge at the Armory Boys, which is the company that owns the building, the Empire, was in downtown to kind of give his side of what happened and a lot of bad stuff has gone on and I feel really bad just for the whole situation. You never want to see a business close, but you, and you don't ever want to see a local business go out, but from, and I've been trying to get the inside story on what's happening and what had happened out there in both locations. And, um, the more and more I hear, the more and more I find out that it just really empire wasn't doing a great job. Um, and there's a whole slew of stories out there that would back that up. And, um, yeah, so I guess at the end of the day, I don't feel as bad 
uh, as I did when I first heard that they were going under. I will say this, it's very important that the real story about what happened downtown gets out because in my opinion, it could, it will affect uh, future business for local people that are going to open up a locally owned business in downtown. It's important to find out if Empire and downtown went out because of this big, bad real, real estate developer, or if Empire went out because they weren't a well-run business and they couldn't, the, the market couldn't sustain what they were doing there. It's two very, it's two different stories and it has to come out because if these businesses are going out in downtown Syracuse because the market can't sustain them, then hopefully that prevents someone um, who's thinking about opening up downtown. Hopefully that, that stops them from doing it. Now, you may be sitting here and thinking to yourself, you're crazy, Anthony, and um, you know, you're supposed to support local business and yada, yada, yada. And I support local business, especially in the food and beverage industry, 100 and whatever percent. What I don't support are bad business decisions. I don't support somebody taking out loans to try and make their dream come true and open up a restaurant in an area that they shouldn't be going in at a time in the marketplace that they shouldn't be opening. And then them going out of business and having debt and it affecting their lives and their financial, all those things. I don't support that. In my opinion, there's a time and place for everything. And if right now is not the time and right here isn't the place, then you should, then, you know, whatever. I don't care if it's local or if it's chain, don't open. So that's why I really am very interested and curious as, as to what the truth is with this downtown empire thing. Because, again, there's a lot of food restaurants downtown, and I've talked before with different owners in the past about, you know, there's too many or there's not enough and yada, yada, yada. But again, if empire beer, you know, if, if business can't be sustained downtown, then that that's the story that needs to be released. If places are closing downtown because the market isn't there for it, then that needs to be known so people don't make stupid decisions and go into lots of debt in opening up a failed business. If the story and the truth is that it, the market can sustain it and business can thrive and flourish in downtown and the only reason why it didn't is because of this big bad real estate developer, then so be it then let that be the story and let more people open up downtown. But I, I personally just want to know which it is. Um, so having said that, if uh, you don't follow Cafe Kubal on Facebook, then head over there and do it because we're going to release that video podcast interview thing um, sometime maybe this coming Friday if we can get this interview scheduled in on Thursday like that's our hope for. Um, and by all means, if you know anything about this whole situation, um, and, uh, then feel free to email me, Anthony at localcmy.com because I'm very interested in the whole thing. Well, thank you for bearing with me through that intro and I'll now step off of my little platform. Uh, I really think you're going to enjoy my conversation with Caitlin. I had a blast sitting down and talking with her and, um, yeah, so listen to the podcast and then go out to Casanova and go to dinner at the Brewster Inn. And to keep you updated on a bunch of stuff that's happening here at Eat Local CNY, if you are listening to this before the 20th, then Wednesday, the 20th of November at 6 p.m., 
We're having a very special discussion talk with NOFA, the Northeast Organic Farming Association here in New York. They're coming down. The event's going to be held at Wildflowers, their new uh, location over on South Salina Street. And it's going to be a great time. Going to have them out to talk about farming and local organic farming and the agricultural scene. So please come out 6 p.m. And thank you so much to Buried Acorn that's going to be supplying a free beer for all the attendees that night. Uh, Go out and pick up your copy of the Good Life Central New York magazine because we were featured with a bunch of other local, you know, gifts and artisans and businesses. But we were one of the featured uh, products for their holiday gift buying guide this year, and that was the Eat Local CMY card. So thank you so much. Go out to Barnes & Noble or Wegmans or wherever you can find the Good Life Central New York magazine and pick up your copy. And also thank you so much to Margaret McCormick for including the local CMY card in your holiday gift buying guide. It means so much in there with a lot of great businesses. So thank you so much for including us. We're going to be at some different fairs and events, holiday events coming up soon. We're going to be at Best Fest at the Hotel Syracuse. We're going to be at the Night Market at Sky Armory. We're going to be at the 10th Buy Local Bash um, over at the F Shed at the Regional Market. We're going to be at an event called Winterloo at the fairgrounds. So we're going to be at a lot of different places this year selling the Eat Local CMY card. So if you're going to be out there, then make sure you stop by our booth and say hello. And as always, head over to eatlocalcmy.com and pick up your Eat Local CMY card today. $20 to buy the card, and that gets you $5 off at one of, at any of the 107 and counting locally owned restaurants all around Syracuse and Central New York. Uh, get you that $5 off up until next December. So head over to eatlocalcny.com and pick up your Eat Local CNY card today. And if you didn't know, we have a very special texting group. That's right, texting. So this group, it's just meant for a select few of our super fans over here at Eat Local CNY. But you can be a part of our text group where I'm going to send out special discount offers that restaurants are just giving this group of people. So when restaurants send us out something special, we're going to send you a text message and let you know about it. We're also going to let you know about special offers for Eat Local CMY and different stuff we're going to come out with and discounts for the Eat Local CMY card. You're also going to be the first to know about events that we have coming up and the moment the podcast drops, you're going to be the first to know and you're going to get early access to it. To join this group, just simply send us a text message. The phone number is 315-284-5855. Again, 315-284-5855. Just send us a text message and say, hey, and we will get you included in that group. Again, special discounts that only this group is getting to local restaurants, and you will be the first to know about all the events and news for Eat Local CNY. So send us that text message and be a part of the group. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Caitlin Gamby from the Brewster Inn in Casanova. Yeah, well, so I think that's always good because otherwise, like with me, you know, I'm trying to do our marketing, but I'm also doing our bookkeeping and mm. I'm also in charge of housekeeping for hotel side, <laughs> front desk staff, doing all the scheduling. So sometimes, you know, when people start to make fun of me, they're like, Caitlin, a lot of thought went, to, went into your last Instagram post. It's like steak, <laughs> click, yeah, all right. post, send it out. <laughs> so it is hard. It's hard to balance it all. Do you ever like, um, 
if you do that, do you ever like argue that, what are you talking about? I meant to do it that way. (laughs) I was trying to be, you know, I know what I do the other day. We were running a winter package. So it's a deal where if you come and stay Mm -hmm. at the, the inn and you do an overnight, you get 30% off in the restaurant. Um, and I posted like the end date for it as April, 2019. And then I started getting these comments. They're like, don't you mean 2020? I'm like, yes, it's Monday and I'm exhausted. So bear with me. Yeah, I do. I have a client that they do that. Like, um, uh, we're doing this thing and if people bring a non-perishable food item yeah and i spelled perishable with an e you know quickly posting it and immediately get like five texts i know i'm like who are all these people out there like (laughs) they're just spell checking everything i do (laughs) one of them one of my favorites was i it was uh the name of the restaurant and then market and cafe yeah and that's the name and i did cafe and market on one post and just a regular customer immediately Facebook message and was wow. like a hundred exclamation points. You reversed it. You know? <laughs> so, You're like, yeah, calm down. I know. Yeah. I usually like, if I do something simple and somebody catches me on, I'm just like, I meant to do that. Yeah. You don't even get You're it. You're like, it's all part of the plan. It was a joke. Yeah. You just right. don't understand. <laughs> You're not in the know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Marketing's fun. So you have a marketing background. Yes. So I grew up in, um, I grew up in Kaz and then went to school in Boston and then ended up staying there. So I worked in, um, I lived in Boston for 10 years, um, in the South end and did marketing, uh, specifically like public relations and, um, large scale events, worked a lot with food trucks, Hmm. Um, as well, that was our sister company, Food Truck Festivals of America. Oh, that's cool. And so they did, they've actually done a few events out here mm. um, at like the fairgrounds and stuff, but, you know, loved it. Had g- great clients, yeah. uh, you know, Dunkin' Donuts, New Balance, Converse, and everyone's like, why did you move back to Cass? What were you thinking? <laughs> um, but I love it. You know, I felt a calling to come back and yeah. work in the restaurant. It's... um. It was owned previously by my stepfather, um, okay. Richard Hubbard. And so now there's an ownership team of, of four of us. Okay. Um, so it's myself and, you know, who I lovingly refer to as the three brothers I would have <laughs> never asked for. Um, we kind of make up the whole crew. So it's two front yeah. of the house, hmm. myself and our wine manager, and then two at the back of the house. So it's okay. two of the chefs. Wow. And that's the, the current ownership team. Hmm. Yeah. So how long, like, uh, how many years ago was it that you came back? So I came back probably about, man, it's gotta be like five years ago. It was right after, um, it was kind of right after like the marathon bombings and in Boston, I kind of thought to myself, now is the (laughs) end of my time here. It's been fun, but I feel this is the exit. Was that directly related to the, uh, to the bombings or was it like, was it like the sense of, okay, that's too dangerous or. Yeah. I mean, I worked at a bar right on the finish line. And so that was, um, Mm. that was just kind of like a rude awakening of, of what the world was, is kind of like. Yeah. Um, Mm. and I felt like just after that was the sense of, you know what, I want to be closer to my family. I want to, you know, does, you know, climbing the career ladder out here mm-hmm. is that where going to get me to where I want to be. Yeah. Um, and I kind of decided that, you know what, I, I would rather, um, go home. And I thought of it in a way as 
you know, in the marketing and PR world, I'm sure you know mm-hmm. that anyone can hire you. Yeah. Anyone. Right. And instantly you are a believer of their brand, you know, and <laughs> especially if you're working for, I mean, if you're working for yourself, it's totally different. Right. But if you're working for a firm, mm-hmm. it's whoever's going to hire you. You are all of a sudden, yeah. um, you know, speaking the gospel of their product. Oh yeah. And for a few of them, it was brands that I really didn't believe in. Yeah. And hmm. here now coming back, I'm working for a brand where I've totally drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> you know, I think we're one of the best restaurants in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, you know, challenge other restaurants <laughs> to take us on. I love what we do. I'm passionate about what we do and the product we provide. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it feels really cool being able to put all my energy behind that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you do kind of have, not that you do, this sounds horrible. I was just going <laughs> to say something that, um, you do kind of have to be ignorant to everything else around you. Yeah. If in, in, especially if it's right, mm-hmm. but even if it's wrong, you kind of have to put those blinders on and just, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I do that with this all the time. I'll sit there and, you know, tell anybody that wants to hear why I'm the best in Syracuse to promote local restaurants. Right. But, um, you know, but you kind of have to have that if you're going to be successful, I think. Yeah. I think so too. And so it's, yeah, it feels rewarding to, to put all my energy, you know, and it's exhausting some days, but to put all Mm. my energy into making this brand, you know, if you think about it in that way, better. Yeah. So, um, what do you think has been, or what do you think is the biggest challenge for establishing that brand or even maybe not establishing building that brand? Cause the brand has been established. I mean, the, the restaurant and the inn have been there for yeah, how many uh, years? 30. So my stepfather owned it for 34 years, um, older yeah. than I am. Yeah. And, um, now we're going into our second year of the new ownership. Yeah. And I think our biggest challenge was, um, and if it felt kind of weird actually, cause you know, I'm 30 years old. Mm-hmm. I own a company. This is the <laughs> biggest thing that's ever happened in my world. Yeah. Um, and we really didn't announce it. Yeah. We kind of did the ultimate soft opening yeah. for like a year. Um, because there was that fear that people would say, oh, new ownership, right. this has changed. New ownership, you mm. know, maybe that's why, uh, you know, my steak was cooked wrong tonight. Yeah, for sure. Probably that new owner. Right. But, you know, so we wanted it to be seamless. Mm-hmm. We wanted people to have no idea that there was a new ownership there. Yeah. And the feedback has been really good that they felt like it was, you know, mm. that the transition was... Um, was received well Mm -hmm. and we've gotten a lot of compliments on, you know, thank you for taking it over, keeping what was beloved about Mm -hmm. the restaurant, but also investing a lot of money and doing new projects and trying to make everything better. You know, right now we're in the middle of two huge projects, which is redoing our entire outdoor patio. Mm. So it's handicap accessible and it's, you know, even, and, uh, you know, correcting some of the things that have just happened over time. Yeah. And then we're also repairing our break wall down by the waterfront mm. um, and kind of making that look beautiful. Yeah. And those things are not cheap. No, especially when you get out uh, anything involving or near the water. 
Yeah. You know, especially a lake like Cass. You know, oh, I I'm know. Sure, yeah, it's super mm-hmm. expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not even including all the landscaping and everything we're now going to have to do in the spring. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's just a big undertaking. Um, and, you mm-hmm. know, to think of it in the, it, in the, the sense of that we could have taken that money and paid ourselves a nice little bonus. Yeah. Or we could reinvest it into this, you know, building that we absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we chose to do that. Yeah. So. What's the, um, I mean, you're out in Casanova, so I have to imagine that you have like an older clientele. We do. Okay. All right. And, um, but it's definitely evolving and changing. I will say that. I mean, I love, um, you know, I always laugh because when I first introduced myself, you know, I mean, people thought I was like the college, like intern, like, (laughs) who is this girl? Um, and I remember, you know, a customer coming up to me and going, uh, what's your name? And I said, it's Caitlin Gamby. And uh, they look at me and they go, well, that's not a Casanova name. <laughs> and I just, you know, and of course that's I'm awesome. thinking, listen, lady, you want to take this outside? You know, I'm just kidding. No, but, um, but I, I thought of it later on. I thought, you know what? Challenge accepted. Yeah. Game on. That's pretty funny. Like, I'm... You know, I came back to this area. Mm-hmm. My family is from this area, you know. Yeah. Um, and my whole goal is to, to to do amazing things with this property. Yeah. Make it the best it can be. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. raise the level of food in the area. Um, so I kind of took it as like, and you know, they didn't really mean anything by it. But, yeah. But um, you have some kind of like... It's just kind of interesting. You have some, you do have some like oddly great pockets of food and Casanova, and then even past that in Hamilton. Yeah. Um, places that you, you know, probably, I mean, I wouldn't expect there to be, you know, necessarily something special until you find out about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is pretty interesting to see, you know, a place that's not easy to get to, that there's something extraordinary. Yeah. And I think for like a long time, two people say Brewster and, well, you know, that's fancy. Mm-hmm. You only go there if you're, you know, getting engaged. Yeah. <laughs> and now I think we've, um, and I was kind of thinking about this on the way up. It's like a fine line that you sort of walk about wanting to offer your customer, um, total inclusiveness. Like mm-hmm. everyone is welcome, you know, come as you are. Yeah. And that's something we, we do feel, but then there is that exclusivity angle. Whereas mm. I still love being the place you're going to propose to your future wife at. Yeah. And I love that we can do two hundred dollars mm. a plate wine dinners because we're getting you the best wines. Yeah. Um mm. and the best food. So it's definitely we've seen just educating like the customer, you know, on Monday night we do a, a mm. burger night, seventeen dollars burger, beer and fries. Mm. And you're still looking at the lake, you're sitting on the patio. Yeah. We've put in this awesome outdoor bar mm. that where you can just go up and get you know, something kind of light, a couple drinks, hang out, sit by a fire pit. Yeah. You don't need to commit to, you know, something four course crazy. meal. Yeah. Um, Has that been an easy transition with like the people that were expecting the four course meal? Um, we still, I try to have a good balance of both. Okay. You know, so we did this big like Vouv Clicquot event over the summer, um, which was a big nod for us. And mm. I think it was some great branding for Vouv as well. Mm. And, um, we did like a cornhole tournament, Hmm. outdoor bar started, you know, opening up these three liters of Vuv and it was just a really cool, 
um, thing. Everyone dressed the part and, you know, <laughs> looked like they were going to the Hamptons for the weekend. Yeah. Um, and it was really fun. And I love doing things like that that are a little more exclusive. Like, mm-hmm. I really feel like we're one of the only venues in the area that you could sort of pull off something like that. Yeah. At. Um, so I think it's just kind of giving people a good balance of both. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have said for fine dining, we don't get this air of like pretentiousness mm-hmm. with the Brewster. And I love seeing that. And yeah. I love coming in and seeing, you know, my, my stepdad used to refer to it as like my people. He goes, he goes, now you're seeing all these, you know, hipsters with the mustaches and the tattoos and they're just drinking cocktails and eating oysters. And, you know, it's like the other, you know, this past summer I walked by a table and it's literally hipsters with mustaches <laughs> drinking cocktails and eating oysters. I'm like, that's, that's probably a whole new yeah. group that the Brewster Inn hasn't really yeah. experienced. And I love it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. There is something to be said about like uh, a fresh set of eyes, like being given control of a space, mm-hmm. you know, it's a kind of not necessarily transform it, but just add some things or even yeah. do the same thing just to, from a different angle, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I'm sure that was pretty exciting to be able to kind of like get control of the reins to a certain extent and, or at least like have one hand of the many that are, you know, yeah, controlling it. It is interesting coming from like a marketing background. Cause it's like, I would go into meetings with clients or something. I'm like, listen, got a brilliant idea. We're going to wrap a bus. We're going to yeah. drive it across the country. You're going to pay for everything and it's going to be great. Get out there, meet yeah. the people, whatever, like, you know, stupid idea it was. And now, um, I think about it like I'm the client and I'm pitching yeah, myself the exactly. idea. So I'm right. like thinking to myself, why would I ever do that? So I really need to make sure, you know, that my marketing I know is um yeah is spot on. You I, know? Yeah, I struggle with that every single day uh, at Kubal because I'll have these ideas, but what is the real return on investment? Yeah. And would this really work for the client? Like right. if you were putting your money where your mouth is, yeah, would you invest in it? And it's kind of been a that's been sort of interesting for me is, you know, now that it's my purse, would I really right. invest in it? So. Yeah. I was just having this conversation with somebody because, um, you know, part of Eat Local is I we do the advertising for eight restaurants. Mm-hmm. And so I met with a potential client and they have two restaurants. One of them is up 30% over last year. Mm-hmm. The other location, which is way outside of Syracuse, is uh, up 60% over last year. And they don't do a great job with their Facebook or Instagram. They're inconsistent. They don't post good pictures, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, the numbers are... Yeah, it's just, it could be location. It could. I mean, they've been in business for over a decade in each spot. Okay. So it could be reputation, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It could just be this, you know... It just works, right? The concept yeah. just works for that area. And so like 10 minutes into the conversation, I said, well, if I were you, I wouldn't hire me. It was like, instead I would, it's like, I'm going to charge you $1,000 to do this a month. And you could take that money and instead I would go hire a catering manager and, or a sales manager, go hire a stay-at-home mom to just sit yeah. there and cold call an email for catering gigs mm-hmm. a couple hours a week or a day and... It's like, you're going to make a lot more money. It's like, I'm not going to get you to double your growth, you know? Yeah. And I just kind of look at that with all my clients. If I, I like, I get numbers every month 
So if they're not up in sales, right, mm-hmm. in revenue, then I'm doing something wrong. It doesn't matter how great the idea was. Yeah. If it doesn't convert, it doesn't, you know, it wasn't that great. I know. It's weird having to be like that honest with yourself about yeah. <laughs> about what you would do with that money. Yeah. Because uh, right now, I mean, we go through all that, that too. It's like, do I want to buy, you know, would I rather invest my money in this or would I rather, What what's the immediate need? I mean, I yeah. would love to have someone to, mm. to be on to help with social media, yeah. but I'd also like to, you know, add some new furniture to the inn yeah. or start saving to redo a room or to yeah. whatever it is. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. You really have to, there is definitely, there's without a doubt a level of unknowing Mm-hmm. but uh, you do have to be really, and I'm sp- especially in a place like that. I mean, you know, any decision I make financially for my business, I haven't, it's a Facebook, it's an Instagram account, you know? So if yeah. I make a bad decision and the Instagram account goes away, who cares? But <laughs> you know, when you're looking at a building and yeah, I mean, we employ and, a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing to see I mean, A lot of them were part-timers, but still, mm-hmm. I think we sent out, um, we had like 120 last year. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty sizable, yeah. Um, business with a pretty sizable impact in Casanova and, you know, mm. within Syracuse too. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm really curious about the, uh, you guys had Talking Cursive make a beer. Correct? Yes. That was super fun. And yeah. a lot of times I think we get so focused on like day-to-day operations that we forget there, there are some things to do just for fun. So, yeah. um, the, the whole crew at Talking Cursive is actually good friends with, um, our Brewster staff oh, actually cool. employed a few kids and a few family members and stuff. Awesome. Um, and so we got the opportunity to hmm. do a Brewster Blonde, which I'm, I'm telling everyone's <laughs> named after me, but uh, it could be wrong. Um, so yeah, we went, um, it was myself and Kirk, who okay. is our other front of the house manager. And so we went over and um, I really didn't know much about the process of making beer. Hmm. Um yeah. And now I think I would be an amazing brewer. You just really? dump a little of this in, dump a little of that in. Someone yeah. cooks it. I don't right. know. <laughs> bing, bang, boom. Beer comes out. That's, but it was really yeah. fun. And it was, um, sometimes you can feel like a little island, you know, in yeah. this business. Like you just keep your head down, focus on your business. Like, yeah, that's kind of how we are in the summer. It's just like, you mm. know, it's our time. Right. You know, so you just got to work as, as <laughs> long as you can, as hard as you can. Yeah. Um, and this I think was kind of neat just seeing mm. what another business, another restaurant brewery yeah. does and kind of be able to be a part of their world. And that's cool. Cause we really don't do a ton of partnerships, but it mm. was awesome. Yeah. And, uh, it's just like a house beer, right? Cause yep. that, they didn't have it on tap or anything. Or so we, uh, yeah, we put it on tap at our place. Yeah. I, I don't think they have it on tap yeah. okay. um, there, but yeah, it was a good, um, it's kind of perfect for the summer. Just yeah. super light. That's cool. Drinkable. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was just curious. I mean, obviously it makes sense now why talking cursive. I love their beer. I think they do a great job. It's, yeah. It's always something different, you know? Um, and we've done stuff with the other breweries too. I mean, at okay. Empire, we've done um, some beer dinners. Same with mm. Good Nature. Okay. Um, but this was the first time kind of getting involved to do something like that. Yeah. That's cool. And it's brilliant for them because they sell the kegs. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good, um, it was good for both of us. Yeah, that works out. Yeah. I'm just going to restart the camera real quick. Sure. This is like delicious. You want more? Like 
Kind of, but I feel like I'm being a lush and it's like four. It's, are we almost at five? Is it, yeah, is I'm, it okay? I'm going to have a little bit more, so actually. Sure. Well, I don't want to crack it open if you're not, whatever no, you want to do. I've been wanting to. The only bottle I'm not going to open, and don't judge me for having excuse juice, but <laughs> I only bought it, obviously, for that reason. And I'm hoping that, like... So this is the one that's unfiltered, too? Yeah. This okay. Is, yeah. I don't know what that, I mean, besides the fact that it's unfiltered, I don't know what that's supposed to do for the taste. Yeah. No, you're good. Okay, cool. Uh, I would never uh, rinse this because I don't know enough about it or necessarily care. Uh, I'm just starting to, yeah, get into that world a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to. I mean, part of Eat Local CNY, I can't get this on the mic. Um, part of Eat Local CNY is I want to start to get educated in the stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I was looking at like the intro, um, uh, like sommelier and all that kind of stuff. And then yes. like Cicerone, uh -huh. um, you need to join like my wine group. I just joined a wine club. Really? Yeah. Just, um, I'm actually hosting the next meeting of the group on okay. December, what? Third. So mm. I kind of picked my wines, but it's, yeah. um, mm. it's really cool. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. No, but that's, that's how I felt. So I kind of felt, um, so my s stepdad is pretty known in the area, has a great uh, palate okay. for wine, has a, a pretty well-known wine group. I mean, you go into, mm. the, they do tastings and cool. the bottles they open are unreal. So mm. I felt like growing up, you know, I'd be like, try this. It's a uh, $500 <laughs> a bottle. And I'd be like, oh, tastes, <laughs> tastes like grapes. You know, it's like, I know, um, yeah frame of reference yeah for it all right and it was kind of a shame yeah to waste good wine right. on me back then mm -hmm. but i finally found a group where you, you know first week i got seven out of eight wines right okay second week wow. i got eight out of eight wrong uh, yeah okay <laughs> so we're all at different levels and yeah. we're all just interested to learn mm. um yeah but it doesn't have to be, sometimes I feel like just to enter that whole realm, you have to be an expert. Yeah. And it's kind of nice that, you know, yeah. this group, we're all, mm -hmm. you know, all right. we're all newbies. I, so, you know, I, there's definitely certain things I won't drink. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, my wife, which I, I feel like I've been calling, you know, Rebecca, so we just got married. Yeah. I was going to say like a week ago, ago yeah. or whatever. And, um, uh, I'm so used to calling her my fiance uh, to then now calling her my wife. I feel like a douche, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's just like, I just feel like I'm like uh, overtly pointing out the fact that I was married, Yeah. You know? <laughs> even though it's just, you You're know, like everyone should know I have a wife. <laughs> um, but anyways, Rebecca will drink anything. Yeah. Uh, and as a, and as a matter of fact, one of her, so Friday nights, we typically stay in mm -hmm. and order pizza and watch a movie or whatever. Yeah. And um, those nights are usually with Rebecca either drinking 
uh, vodka and like a little, like a shot of vodka basically in a wine glass. And then the rest of it is seltzer water with lemon juice. Uh, or it's like this much wine. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. This much wine and then seltzer water. Seltzer water. Just (laughs) anything with seltzer water. (laughs) Or even just regular water. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So. um, I believe we call that vodka. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, There you go. Uh, It's a college favorite of mine. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, So for our rehearsal dinner, my father uh, said he went to Virginia to visit his brother. Yeah. And came back with a truckload of wine. Mm-hmm. and said uh, just all he would say is that he got a great price on all of this wine. And so, and he had bought it like in June for our wedding in October. Okay. And it turns out, I never had any of it, but it turned, and they had like 10 bottles or 15 bottles left over after the rehearsal. It turns out it's Aldi's apparently makes a wine. It's like called Winking Owl or something like no that. Way. And that was so <laughs> this great deal he got was like four dollars yeah. because he got it at Aldi. I uh, would love it if you like came up with a story like I went directly to the vineyard right. and you know, I met the winemaker and I pled your case. He's like, I just hit up Aldi's and yeah. told him to load it right. back. Yeah. So um so Rebecca's drinking that now. But, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, so there are certain things like I can't drink that. You know, yeah. I don't care how much water it's diluted with. I can't drink <laughs> that. Um, but I also don't have a refined palate. But I well, you think about how much you drink and you don't yeah. taste. I mean, yes, yeah. That's what kind of was the big thing for me. And then finally, I went into a blind tasting. I was like, well, that's got to be Pinot Noir because mm-hmm. I like Pinot Noir. That's got to <laughs> be Sauv Blanc because I like Sauv Blanc and I like that wine. Yeah, and. Weirdly, there was like a muscle memory there, hmm. but then when you start kind of digging into it a little deeper, um, you realize like what all these you learn how to describe it in yeah. words, right? Um, and so that's kind of what I'm practicing more, yeah, is what don't hmm. I like about it? What do I like about it? Um, for me, I, know. I don't know if this is like if it, you're like this, but for me, it's and if I'm in a certain setting Mm -hmm. i can kind of get more so have you ever been have you been to defi yeah yes okay yeah so um yeah i like i love defi right so for uh for our rehearsal for for our rehearsal for when i uh, proposed to rebecca we went out to skinny atlas Mm -hmm. we went to a restaurant and i'm not going to say the name of the restaurant because i'm about to bash the waiter (laughs) but um Sorry, Jerry. Uh, it was all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know protocol or anything. I just was doing things that I knew Rebecca would like. So mm. I had uh, Kaylee, the little cake artist, make a cake. Yeah. And I just told her to like go to town and do whatever she wanted. And I bought a bottle of, and I only know that this was a good year uh, from Google, and that is a 2005 bottle of Cristal. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's, I guess, not rare by any stretch, but difficult because there is only two bottles in Syracuse. Wow. Yeah. The allocations can sometimes be yeah. crazy. Yeah. So I bought a bottle of that. And um, anyway, so we had gone to dinner at one restaurant um, for, uh, and then we went and pro- I went and proposed. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then we went to the Sherwood for, mm-hmm. I had like uh, friends and family to surprise her. And yeah, so we great. had the cake there. So the Sherwood did great. Um, the restaurant we were went for dinner <laughs> didn't do that great. I had brought the bottle of champagne out the night before and I, yeah. I, you know, called ahead and I'm going to be proposing, but not at the restaurant. I said, I'm proposing after dinner. Yep. Um, I just, I didn't want to have the champagne at the Sherwood where we'd have to share with all of our friends. Cause you Wait, know, you didn't want to have it there. I did not. Because I only bought one bottle of this champagne. I feel you on that sometimes. You're like, like listen. I wanted this bottle. I got Andre for you people. <laughs> right, exactly. And the Cristal is for me. Yeah. And so they were like, not a problem. We won't let on that anything is happening. Just bring the bottle out, you know, uh-huh. whatever. So we go out to dinner and the first tip was... They didn't ruin it. I can't keep a secret. And Rebecca saw the ring box before we ever left the house. So there is in my pocket. So I'm oh. not going to blame the restaurant completely. However, <laughs> <laughs> when we went there, the only table that had the champagne flutes preset was our table. Yeah. All right. So that was tip number one. Well, that's, I mean, that's, they had to do that. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. part of it. Uh, so the waiter comes and, you know, takes our order and, or he says, would you like a drink? And I said, you're like, clearly I'm like, I th- champagne. <laughs> like, I think there's something, uh, that I already called ahead for. And he was like, Oh, right. And so he goes in the back and he brings out the bottle of crystal and, uh, he's, and I don't, uh, honey, I love you. I don't, this isn't bad. Uh, but I don't know if Rebecca would necessarily see that and be like, see him bring that up. Be like, that's Crystal. Something special is happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this so, is going to be big. So. I um, hope I got my nails done. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so he comes out and he goes to pop the bottle and he says, well, I hear congratulations are in order. Oh, not like, yet. The? They're not yet. Yeah. And so all we really could do at that point, like she knew, I tried to let on for like 10 minutes that nothing was happening. And what are you talking about? Like, yeah, Yeah. I got a new client. That's why we're here. Exactly. Drinking crystal. I did make up like a whole bunch of excuses. Like there is a lot more to that story. I won't bore you with, but. But I think in the restaurant business, we get super excited for stuff like that. Like I've, um. I can't entirely blame the waiter on that one because when I know someone's coming in and Mm -hmm. they're going to be proposed to, I'm like, listen, if you need me (laughs) to be hiding in the bushes with a camera, I'm there for you. Right. You pick the right place. That's awesome. You know, like any, you know, we've done some, I'm trying to think of the really good ones that we've done, but um, I always try and get, what I always like to do is have, um, after dinner is served and then before dessert comes Mm -hmm. say, you know what? It's a beautiful night. You should walk down by the water (laughs) and have them go on the docks, drop to one knee. That's nice. Proposal. Magic. Me in the bushes with a camera (laughs) and then come back into champagne and dessert and we all cheer. But I'm like normally the one who's like, trying to play it cool, walking on the patio. But then I go over to every table. I'm like, listen, everyone stop talking. Something big is about to happen on the docks. We're going to need a group cheer in like 30 seconds. And they're all like, but um, yeah, we have a That's lot of awesome. fun with it. Yeah. It's And it's kind of cool because I've seen people come back, you know, they're like, remember we proposed three years ago and here's That's my great. wife and here's our kid and we're pregnant with another one. And <laughs> That's awesome. You know, so it's really, yeah. it's interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We, uh, 
we never really had any connection like that with the restaurant or either restaurant really? in that regard. We um, now it was kind of I think I was just like in my head thinking because there was a timeline we had. So we had dinner and then literally it's it's funny that it, dinner took so long that as the entree got set down at that point, I said to Rebecca, OK, we're doing other things and you can't eat. We have to like take two bites and then get it to go and we have to leave. <laughs> no. Because we got you had so, family waiting for you, right? So. Well, we did have that Adam Weitzman. Yep. Let me use his house to propose. So okay, so now I know where you had dinner. Yeah, well, I don't know. That wasn't at Adam's restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I'll tell you off. Rosalie's. No, it kidding. wasn't Rosalie's either. <laughs> I know. There's only a few. There's only like one other, two others. But um, yeah, so we had to get to Adam Weitzman's house because he was like, he had like left on the boat and emptied everything out so we could use yeah. it. So um, that's. That's super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, yeah, it was right in like his garden. He has like this crazy Vegas fountain, uh, you know, there. And, I follow him on Instagram and yeah. I think that's what a restaurateur's life is supposed to be like. <laughs> what, where did I go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't imagine the responsibility of like the Krebs in Skinny Atlas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was, you know, we were like, dinner got set down and we were like, we have to actually, can we get a box? We have to go right now. And you have five minutes to get us our check. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty intense. Oh my gosh. Well, so, you know, yeah, you did it. We did it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got married. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It was fun. And now you're whole two weeks in. Yes. Two weeks. Married in. life. Married. I mean, we lived together for a little over a year before we actually got married. So oh, okay. it was, uh, um, you know, not much has really changed except for a ring. And, you know, now I say wife instead of fiance. But yeah, although I do feel more uh, if I'm driving, especially like the week of the wedding, I was very particular. I was like making sure I signaled and looked both ways. I was like, nothing can happen to me because now Rebecca... <laughs> If anything happens, <laughs> she'll be all by herself. And that's so, now your responsible driver. Now, yes. Now you're I welcome, am. Syracuse. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas single me is still driving recklessly all over the city. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. So just especially that week of, I was like, I can't do anything stupid this week. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah. yeah. So I told you that entire long story to say this other story. <laughs> Rebecca and I, after we got engaged, went to dinner at Diffie. Uh-huh. And Cody, you know, I, I'm from I'm not I'm not friends with Cody, but you know, if we see each other, you know, we're yeah. Facebook friends and all that kind of stuff. You right? give each other the the nod. Yeah. Like we'll stop and talk and you know, I've met him more than a few times and um and he was one of the first on the podcast. Very but cool. We went to dinner there one night. And just out of the fact that I had bought it, it was like a month after we got engaged, I said, I had this bottle or we had this bottle of 2005 Cristal. And he immediately assumed that I knew something about anything. And that's when you're like, gotta go. I just was. (laughs) No, he said he like went into the cooler and brought out like five bottles of something special because he went and got it. And it was like these five different champagnes and just had us like 
we had already paid for our bill and we're like had our coats on and he was like, no, sit down and try these and, you know, let's talk. So that's awesome. Yeah. Last time I was there, um, he pulled out, it was a great, uh, Irish whiskey, I think. Mm. It's like $50 a shot, but it was pretty fabulous. So, um, yeah, they've got some good and good spirit knowledge too. Yes. Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't get that at places. Right. Um, when I go in there, I feel like, um, and the same thing at Amano to a certain extent and, um, the same thing at Eden. Mm -hmm. When I go to places like that, I feel like I'm more in tune with what I'm tasting and yeah what's being made and an appreciation for it mm-hmm. and i think there's something to be said about meeting the people who are making it too. yeah um you know so during the winter time we do a chef's table series mm-hmm. and i absolutely love it because i feel like you know people know the brewster mm-hmm. we know they know we're not going to serve them anything they're they're not going to like we're pretty consistent. Yeah. Um, but to have the opportunity and we try and keep it super small. So we do Mm. 20 to 30 seats, um, four or five courses, try to keep it cost effective. So like 60 Mm. bucks, there's an optional wine pairing. Mm. Um, and you have the chef right out in front of you talking through his preparations, his ingredients. And, and I love stuff like that because Mm. it gets you to kind of go a little off the beaten path. Yeah. You know, like a few of them I've gone to, one of our chefs loves to use like organ meats and stuff too. Okay. Yeah. Um, and mm. I know at first thought you're thinking, no way mm-hmm. I'm not eating tongue. I'm not yeah. eating whatever. Um, mm. but it's always good. Yeah. Right. And it always pushes your limits just a little bit. Yeah. Um, gets you to try something that's a little different, mm-hmm. a little new. And then, you know, of course we bring out, you know, rack of lamb, filet mignon, something that's a little more recognizable yeah. as, you know, your entree or whatever course. But throughout the dinner, mm-hmm. it does kind of get you to to experience something different. Yeah. You know, and that's when we do a lot of mm-hmm. our, um, we did Peruvian cuisine, we do mm-hmm. um, Asian cuisine, we do South American, we do yeah. um, North African, we do mm-hmm. a little of everything. Yeah. You know, the Brewster Inn is not always classic French dining. Right you know, there's a, a whole lot of talent in that kitchen mm-hmm. and that whole lot of talent can, can transition in different ways. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Like I love experiences like that because all of a sudden the, the food tastes better, the wine gets right. better, <laughs> you know, and you're learning something along the way too. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, uh, I forget the names, but, and I don't know if they're still there, but, uh, the head chef or executive chef is a graduate from the CIA, correct? Yeah. Been Jason there for... Wright. And he is now one of my partners. Okay. And he's been there for like 25 years. He's been there for like, yeah, 20, yeah, about maybe like 22, 23. But yeah, he's yeah. been there a long time. Yeah. And then is the sous, same sous, sous chef. chef um, Stephen Franks is also yeah. one of my partners. And he, I think, is probably close to like 16 years. Yeah. Graduate um, from CIA. Yeah. And so these are, I mean, they just bleed Brewster in. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It's a really cool team. Yeah. I'm, you know, uh, I mean, now knowing that they're there, I just found that out today um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I was doing a little bit of research. And uh, I never would have thought that somebody would come from the CIA and then come work in central mm-hmm. New York or Syracuse. Like, what's the draw? Yeah. I know. Right. Um, and kind of that was my general thought moving back is like, 
oh my God, I'm moving to Syracuse, New York. <laughs> like the culinary scene in Boston is, you yeah. know, thriving new restaurants open all the time. New restaurants close all the time. Yeah. Um, hmm. but what is there going to be for me in Syracuse, New York? And I mean, we bust our asses. We're a top hmm. 40 restaurant in the state competing hmm. with most everyone in, you know, every other mention is like New York city. Yeah. Um, our wine cellar is on par. There's only, I think, 13 other wine cellars at our level or higher in hmm. the state. Wow. I mean, talk about sitting on like a quarter of a million dollars in yeah. wine hmm. just to be in the game. Yeah, that's crazy. Is I just find that so like, hmm. it's like you sign your kid up for hockey and it costs <laughs> that much for all the equipment. You don't even know if he's going to be any good. <laughs> and it's like, here we are. Let's go deep on yeah. whatever, whatever right. we think are going to be the top 100 picks of the year. Hmm. And let's, um, yeah, you know, let's give it a whirl. How does that work in the wine game? Is is that a lot of like a guessing? Is it like uh, people Luckily, come in and pitch and you taste and then you say, I think this will be it? So, yeah, people come in and pitch all the time mm -hmm. and they give me, you know, I sit on, on some of the tastings, but most of it's our wine manager, Kirk, who's also yeah. one of my partners. Um and he comes from a chef's background, um, and he's just got a great palate for food and wine. Mm. Um, and so he can kind of dig through a lot of the bullshit mm. and just let sort of the, you know, you'll hear him talking and be like, it's good juice, you know, and you're like, <laughs> what does that mean? Um, but he really knows how to just dig right through all the marketing and the stories and the, cool. the terroir and the slope of the hill and, <laughs> you know, the beautiful names behind this wine and say, is it good or is it not? Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of neat to see when wine spectator puts out their top 100, hmm. how'd we do? Yeah. You know, and cause you need to buy that stuff before you need to buy it before it's announced. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of a cool challenge when that, when that happens, are you buying, are you committing to your like caseload up front and to like secure a better price or before that comes out or how does that work? Cause I, you know, I think of like other, not even close to the same par restaurants, but you know, it's a, I'm sure it's a very different story. You know, they're coming in with wines that they can get for a certain yeah price. i mean sometimes th that's what happens at other places where it's yeah. just like we need a pinot noir on the the menu and yeah. this is coming in at five bucks a bottle and yeah. you can make really great margins mm -hmm. um but for most of what we do which is we want to be an award-winning seller mm -hmm. is you and you don't have to have a ton of bottles um of yeah. each, but you do want to buy enough. So where you get, you know, certain yeah. discounts. Um, but so that it's a, you know, that it's something where when you, it's more like when you feel the, um, like the consumer will be asking for it. You want to be prepared. You want to have enough in stock yeah. for them. Um, but you're not going to load. But up then there are certain case. things too, where you might find a really great wine, but there's the educational piece that's missing is the general consumer might not know that grape varietal. They might not know that town region, yeah. whatever. Um, and we kind of set ourselves up with the challenge there is mm. will we be able to hand sell yeah. this to consumers? So say mm. if you like, a, you know, a Malbec, here's something else we think what you'd be interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And sometimes that's a difficult challenge and sometimes, hmm. you know, it's not. And luckily our clientele is very wine savvy. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, they have a lot of good spirit knowledge as well. Hmm. And so some of that they're already kind of in the know about, mm -hmm. um, or the great part of being an established business like that is you can say, listen, trust us. Yeah. Trust me. I think this is going to be something you like. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, we'll take back the bottle hmm. and Caitlin will drink it in the back. <laughs> but trust us, this, this is probably, you know, we'd yeah. like to open your eyes to this because we mm -hmm. think it's really cool and we think you'll think it is too. So, yeah. um, so what's been, the, what has been the biggest challenge for the restaurant? Ooh, biggest challenge for the restaurant. I mean, do you find it being more trying to open up to the consumer that's going to come out and have a $50 ticket? Or is it trying to educate the people that are already there maybe a couple times a week that they should buy, you know? This? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was kind of thinking about this on the car ride over here is you have, you have so many different so many different, um, customers. Mm -hmm. So you do have those people who come out three, four times a week. Um, and you know, we, Thank we God try, right. <laughs> Cooking's lame. Please come out three, yeah. four times a week. Um, and we try to, to accommodate them. They're great customers. They're awesome people. Um, and they're just like me. They don't cook at all. <laughs> and, then there are those customers who come out once a year hmm. and literally you see them walk through the door with all their hopes and dreams <laughs> of this better be my most amazing night out because it's my only night out that I'm coming this year. Hmm. And so you do have to kind of balance that. And it, that is definitely tricky. Um, I think the hardest challenge for me is, um, our so in my marketing days, you'd always do your market research, figure out who your customer was and how to target them. And mm -hmm. I think for us, number one, I don't have a ton of market research dollars. Yeah. Um, but also I think my customer is always evolving. Yeah. Um, mm. My customer can be that 60 plus person retiree maybe that has a little extra cash to spend and they w want to do the, the more exclusive things like yeah. those those specialty dinners, they want one-on-one -on -one time with the chef. Hmm. They want to come in and say, I'm going off menu tonight <laughs> do, do, do. and um, have us just prepare something on the fly for them. Hmm. Or then I have the customer too who um, they've never been here. This is a big yeah. deal for them. Maybe they're a little younger. Maybe they have a little less to spend. Um, hmm. Maybe it's a really important occasion. So it's kind of... Um, learning how to accommodate for both. Yeah. Um, and they want to feel, you know, I have people call and go, I don't know if I'm dressed nice enough to come into the Brewster tonight. Mm. And I just say, come in, just yeah. come in mm. and I will make sure that you feel comfortable. Yeah. And I will make, you know, I'm, I'm honored that you chose us for your dinner tonight. I will make sure that you don't feel out of place, mm. that you feel comfortable if you would like me to walk you through every single dining room <laughs> to pick your table, I will do that. You know, and, and so it's just dealing, um, it's de that's been a challenge to me, honestly, personally, yeah, sure. because, you know, I haven't always been calm, cool and collected. Hmm. And when you're working with every type of customer and every type of occasion and everything is important and this is really special and I want this to be our best dinner and I want everything to be great. Um, that's a lot of pressure on a restaurant. Yeah. 
And I and I truly go into the night wanting everyone to have a fabulous time. Yeah. Wanting to facilitate the best dinner, the best conversation, the best mm. view. You know, I feel bad if it rains out. Like, yeah. like I control that, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's kind of been my mm. challenge is that balance between exclusivity mm. um, and total openness, total inclusiveness would yeah. just come as you are. And I think... I like that we get a good balance. You know, hmm. I have a friend of mine who's um, a contractor, you know, has like two full sleeves of tattoos. He goes, I used to get so nervous about coming to the Brewster because hmm. I have to go home from work and then I'd have to change. And, you know, I want to like look good when I go. And and now he can just, he feels like he can just come and, you know, yeah. maybe has a drink at the outdoor bar and hangs by the fire pits or hmm. whatever it is. And he feels like, like, I want those people to feel like the Brewster Inn. Yeah. There's a place for them there. Right. Um, but I also, you know, it's just, uh, it's a tough balance to have, but that's something hmm. we've been really working hard on. Yeah. I'm just going to restart this real quick. So it's... Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, um, you know, like I went to um, Eden last night for the I farm. I still haven't been. I oh, really. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's. So I wanted to go and then I couldn't get reservations until. Oh, really? Yeah. I went, I've only eaten there once and um, uh, Rebecca uh, was out of town. She works half the half of her time is out of town so mm-hmm. usually i'll just like on a whim i'm gonna go there and so that's what i did that night and i went late it was like 8 30 9 o'clock i think mm-hmm. yeah that was i think that was the time that they had open and yeah. i just couldn't yeah if you live in jazz that's that's a lot i to, know right yeah. so i think i just went to like Right. Alto Cinco and crush yeah. a bunch of tacos. Yeah, that's it's not it's, well, maybe <laughs> just as good. You know, I hate to say that, but um, but like when I was there, when I was at Eden, uh, when I had dinner there, I just sat down and like I ordered, and then Ridge came out and saw me, and he like got the ticket. And um, if I was sitting here at the bar, the kitchen was like where the camera is. I mean, that's like how close I oh, was. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, you know, it's all obviously, you know, it's all wood fired and. Mm-hmm. Even watching last night at the farm to fork dinner, it was Chance Bear, Alex okay. uh, from Amano. Um, I love Amano. Uh, I was actually at Amano last weekend. Yeah, they're great. They do a great job. Yeah. So it's Chance, Alex, Mike Brown, who's at the fish fryer right now. Okay. And Rich. And then they all had uh, like Alex's girlfriend, uh, Laura, was with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and she's absolutely phenomenally talented. And. Um, and then they're like, people were all with them, but it was amazing to see all of those people in this just kind of tiny space. I mean, this studio is bigger than the kitchen there. And isn't that crazy? It's nuts. And the fact that it's out. all wood fired is just blows my mind. Yeah. That someone I bet it was hot as hell in there. It wasn't that bad last no? night. Yeah. Okay. I think they, when I was there for dinner, I was like sitting there and I was like, oh my God, it's like a furnace, like it's a, it's a flame. It's a fire. Right? <laughs> you know? So, um, can you turn that down? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but when I was there for dinner, uh, Rich like saw the ticket and I just got like the steak or whatever it was. And he was like, that's all you're getting. And 
you know, I, if it, if I trust the restaurant or the chef, I'll just say, I'll have whatever you think I should have. I love doing that. That's the best. It really is. I say that to, when I do the Adifi, we just get the four course and I just yeah. say that I'm like, whatever, whatever you, you want. think, what you think I should have, that's what I'll eat. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's the best. If you know the person, yeah, you know, or know that you can trust what they're going to make. Yeah. Um, there's some re- like there's restaurants I've visited in the area. I will never, ever eat there again. Just no. having gone in the kitchen to take a picture, you know, of something for them. And uh, I'll never <laughs> step foot in those. So I'd never walk there and tell their cook to like make whatever you think I should have. Yeah. You know? But that's always fun because it's I mean, just pushes you a little bit. to yeah. say. All right. Like, why not? Why it's not? Fun. What are they gonna do? Poison me? You're right. You know, yeah. so it's yeah. cool. But I say that to say last night at Eden, I was like thinking, and I was only there to hang out next to the kitchen and just take pictures. Rich had invited me and, um, I went dressed pretty much like this. Mm -hmm. And my first thought was like, oh, I should go home and change and put on like a nice shirt and brush my hair. And, you know, farm to fork (laughs) events can sometimes be a little bit like that. Yeah. But then I was like, nah, fuck it. You know, like this is, you know this is who I am. So this is what I'm going in, going in as, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, there's definitely restaurants. I wouldn't say that. And I wouldn't go into Defi dressed like this, you know, but, but I want, so I love that people want to dress up when they come to see us, but also if it's, mm-hmm. if it's not convenient, if they're in a, you know, yeah. I, I want them to feel comfortable to knowing like if it just didn't work out tonight, right. Come as you are. If you're driving by the Bruce, if you're driving by and jeans and a t-shirt, just stop. Just come in. Don't mm-hmm. go home and then cook. Just yeah. go to the Brewster Inn. You'll be good. <laughs> Hide you in the darkest corner yeah. I can find. No, just kidding. <laughs> Table right in yeah. next to the bathrooms. Just kidding. So if that's your biggest challenge, I'd imagine the things that you th- the, uh, the, <laughs> the things that you do well are obviously your wine options, your wine selection, mm-hmm. probably the knowledge, the quality of food that you're bringing in. I mean, the chef's talent obviously is, I mean, two graduates from the CIA that have been there at the restaurant for, yeah, I mean, they're phenomenal. It's like between the four of us, I think there's like 60 some odd years of experience. I mean, it's like, you know, cause I started there when I was 14. I mean, people look at me as the new one in the group, Yeah, you know, cause I'm, you know, I'm the youngest out of all of them. Mm Um, I'm the only female, Mm -hmm. you know, but I started there when I was 14 doing housekeeping. Yeah. Um, and kind of, and I came back every summer, bartended, did what, mm. whatever was needed. And I just fell in love with the industry. Is having the inn and like place for it to like generate income that way, is that like a huge help for the restaurant or is that kind of like a wait for it? What do you mean like a wait for it? Like kind of a um, financial burden. Oh, I mean, no, it's... <sighs> We, I think both, um, both compliment, both compliment each other. Both have grown at different speeds. Whereas I think the restaurant, you know, took off a little faster. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas right now I think with me working, um, on all of the rooms, I mean, we've gone through the past couple of years and revamped, bought a lot of new furniture, did a lot of new fixtures, trying to keep that 1890s vibe um, very much present in the rooms, but also to 
Hmm. You know, you don't want to feel like, like I still have people call and they say, do the rooms have like a private bath and like a hairdryer? <laughs> and do you people know what Wi-Fi is? And, you know, I'm thinking, yes, yeah. yes, yes, we're aware. Yeah. And so everything there are, it has all the modern conveniences, but it still has that old world charm. Like you walk through the buildings, you say, wow, you know, titans of, of standard oil walk through here. Yeah, that's I mean, that's just a cool. Yeah. Um, and so I've been trying to dig into a lot of like the history of the property. Um, and we're doing a big history tour on uh, December 10th, actually. So you go through Lorenzo oh, cool. State Historic Site. And then just following that, you'll go through the Brewster, see the wine cellar, see mm. the rooms. Um, and it's just kind of a cool, eclectic mix of keeping it modern. But then also, mm. you know, you'll walk by something and that's an original mirror to the building. The original mm. sconces. Wow. Um, you know, ceiling still lath and plaster. Mm all the molding is original hand carved wow. coffered ceilings. I mean, I think to myself, like if anything happened to that coffered ceiling, <laughs> what, what am I doing? What, who's, who's going to re hand carve that yeah. for me? <laughs> and I think what, like a, you know, we were joking master carpenter at that time was paid like 50 cents a week or something <laughs> like that's the rate I want, you know, yeah. but it's just, I mean, they're priceless pieces. Yeah in that building hmm. and it's just cool to to know and a lot of it too is on the the property you know way of showing you were uber rich at the time hmm. was through botany yeah so we have like the camperdown elm out front we have the hmm. austrian pine out back hmm. um and these are trees that wow. are you know 100 years old that yeah. are just incredible yeah that you can't and we this year felt so kind of stupid because we're planting these like dinky trees you know in the front of the property because we had to take uh i think we had to take like two down last year mm. um we're like in a hundred years these will be just like the other ones i'm like oh it looks so stupid now they're so small and everything else is like sky high but um yeah yeah that'll be my legacy that one tiny little pine that's hopefully gonna grow that's awesome yeah so, uh, you know, I, I lost the habit of asking guests on the podcast this question. And um, uh, Rebecca has, there's two things where she'll tell me I've reached my limit. One of them is just trying to make her laugh in any way, shape or form, which is usually like dumb jokes. Yeah. You know, on Sunday, uh, I think at like 11 in the morning, I had reached my limit for <laughs> stupid jokes. Um, <laughs> She called you out. <laughs> yeah. She was like, you're done. That's it. You've reached your limit. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> and that's only two weeks into marriage. My that's God. All, yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, the other thing that I reached my limit on is talking about a uh, uh, upcoming recession. <laughs> Which, <laughs> oh, no. I Here always, we go. Right. But uh, what? You don't. Do you hear it? Do you like, do people always talk about it in your circle or whatever? The upcoming recession? No, I don't hear as much. <laughs> I, ju I just have my blinders on that it's all going to keep going well. Yeah. I mean, I know nothing. I always have to say this. I know nothing about money or the economy or banking or anything like that. Yeah. Abs I mean, absolutely nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Um, Give yourself a little credit. Uh, but I, you know, like like everyone, I listen to podcasts and then am an expert on that subject matter. Yeah. And I've watched, uh, what's the movie? I always say it's Moneyball, but it's not Moneyball, uh, with Steve Carell and everybody else in it about the 2008 banking 
crisis. What? Oh my God, that's going to drive I me crazy. Some, did I miss some? See, I don't watch any TV, so I feel like I'm a little bit, I live under a rock. Really? Yeah. You don't watch it? No, I watch, so I... I finally, I just am so busy that I finally yeah. canceled all my cable. Wow. I finally figured out how to hook up like Netflix and Hulu. And that literally yeah. took me some time. And I've just been watching Ugly Delicious and I'm okay. so happy. Yeah. Just, Isn't that great? Just watching food. Yeah, I know. I know. It really is. I haven't seen the newest one with, uh, is it, um, Seth Rogan's in. Yes, breakfast, lunch, breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner. I haven't started that. And yet. Seth's is so. I mean, literally. Is it? He's <clears> just. High, they're both high the entire time. <laughs> and part of me is like, is the food even that good, or are they just so high? Right. Um, but it's just so funny yeah. to watch. And then I watched. He did one with Chrissy Teigen. Okay. Um, and they did Marrakesh, and that was really cool. Okay. Made me realize that I don't travel anywhere, and yeah. I should probably go see the world. I felt that same way. I had Adam Sudman from uh, Salt City Market mm-hmm. on an episode uh, of uh, or on the podcast, and I thought how I don't eat anywhere. I mean, you messaged me a year ago that I should come out to the Brewster <laughs> Inn, and I still haven't even been out there. I go to these same places yeah. all the time. I mean, like, but I I'm a victim of that as well. Yeah. Like my, you know. I eat at the Brewster Inn way too often. <laughs> um, or I go to Alto San Gotan. Yeah. Um, but then I've started trying, you know, I've started to kind of branch out and finally try some other places. Yeah. Um, I still have a bit of It's to hard Saint to get Urban. out of your bubble. Yeah. So I, I've been to St. Urban twice. I yeah. do really like it. I think they do a great, uh, a great job. Yeah. What I would give for a restaurant that had only like 10 tables. Right. Right. I know if I was open, they would have so much Caitlin time. <laughs> they would want a lot less Caitlin time. I'm not a risk taker. Um, like I'll buy like there's a certain threshold of like a price, you know, like mm-hmm. this PA system I just bought for this the Nofa event we have next week. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like six hundred dollars. So I'd say like maybe a thousand dollars is like my threshold of. Um, no, I take that back. It's probably higher because I just bought that computer. Uh, <laughs> let's say two thousand dollars is my threshold. Yeah. If I spend over two grand, I'm uh, like feeling uneasy. Right. But there are certain things that you'll spend money on, and certain things that it's just like off limits. Like yeah. Like I'll drop money on dinner, like no yes. problem, because yeah. that's I feel like. Yeah. I'm having an enlightening experience. Right. And then, you know, these mm. jeans that I've worn literally probably every day this week <laughs> cost me like $25. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, haggling with the cashier. I'm the exact same like, way. Who, yes. who am I? They, you know, it's just yeah. like, but it's right. kind of funny where you put your value to it. But I just like yeah. love like ex- an experience and going yeah. out to dinner. and Yeah. For me, it's ugh. like technology and camera and computer and sound equipment. And yeah. And it's food you know yeah i think you have your priorities pretty straight yeah yeah thank you but i have that but i don't like to take risks Mm -hmm. and so for me if i make a decision like if i buy a two thousand dollar computer and i think it's going to help the business if it doesn't that's not that big of a deal but if i were opening a restaurant today or in any time really in the foreseeable future and taking that risk it would be a takeout restaurant. I would have like 
maybe three tables and yeah. a couple bar seats. And I already know what the restaurant is, actually. You'd probably open a food truck. I wouldn't. No? And you can't copy the same thing. You can't have the same business model. Right. You just got to get along with each other. I can't open up another historic restaurant on Casanova Lake. <laughs> That's great for I'd weddings. Be and in the parking lot, <laughs> slashing your tires. But I can't do that and think it's going to work. Yeah, right? true. There's I mean, we, you know, I and I, I laugh about it truly. But there are places. I mean, we'll have people say, you know, blah blah blah, restaurant. Every time you put out a new menu, they take a copy of your menu yeah. and they try to recreate it. Don't stop right. doing that. Yeah. Do what you do best. Yes. Do what you do best. Yeah. And if it's, you know, French fine dining, bring it to a level where you're challenging us, where we're saying, hey, look what they're doing. Maybe we should think about doing that. You know, it's, uh, there's, everyone's got to stop copying each other. Yeah. There's no, it's just exhausting, right? It is. It's like, come up with your, come up with your own thing. Yeah. And especially when they try and do it so close to one another. And the consumer doesn't want that. But I don't know if the consumer knows the, like, maybe not all of them, but I don't think, I think there's like the majority of people don't get it. They just think like, oh, another new whatever. Yeah. That they don't necessarily look at it as, oh, well, they're just copying this place. But I just think um, when you do something like that, when it's not an original idea when it's a copy it doesn't go well no you know and so what's kind of been interesting to for me to see um is you see a lot of restaurants opening and you see a lot of restaurants closing Mm -hmm. you see them struggling and you see and 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 knock on wood it's particle board pardon knock on particle board yeah the brewster inn is is thriving yeah I mean, we've had a a killer year. We're Mm. doing really well. Thank God, because we have all these projects we want to do. That's so Um, rare right now for restaurants. Yeah. It just feels good. And and I know it's a conscious decision for people to say, Hey, I want to come out and support the Brewster. Mm. I've been dreaming about that tuna, Mm. you know, steak for the last week. And I wanted to come out Mm. and, um, and I know people are really rooting for us to do well. That's and awesome. and luckily, you know, it's it's showing. Mm. Um, but I think it's hard when you're just trying to copy and there's no push to right. to do what's next. What are you passionate about? What do you want to try in the culinary scene? Yeah. It just falls flat. Yeah. So my restaurant. Yes. Tell <laughs> me more. Three seats, three tables. Yes. Three and seats would be hilarious. Paul Valenti doesn't won't listen to this this far but anyways uh because I, I pitched him this idea it'd be called three one fried and it would just be a legit a legit fried chicken restaurant like yeah the best fried chicken you've ever had okay just like a few menu that items delicious truly. nothing crazy you know we're not like not trying to cater to everybody yeah you know not trying to like reinvent anything just legit fried chicken. So big chicken. takeout scene. Yeah. Probably. Big on delivery and takeout. Mm, you know. That sounds delicious. Yeah. I know. It does. Have you been to FLX Frybird in Geneva? No. Okay. I'm still, I still am trying to go to FLX table. Well, 
I even tried to name drop to like, I'm like, as a restaurateur, (laughs) you must have a table available for me. Yeah. I just want to see what they're doing. I think it's a cool, cool concept. Uh, I haven't been out there. I should have been. I want to go out there. Yeah. But we went to Frybird on like a whim on a Sunday and Uh it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not really like, I mean, think of fried chicken in Syracuse. Like what's a fried chicken joint in Syracuse? I know. I can't. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. There isn't any. Um, but FLX fry bread is some of the best I've ever had. And I was born and raised in Kentucky. Oh, oh. so there is, I know a little bit about, you know, about your chicken. Yeah. A little bit about it. And they're pretty legit. I mean, what's stopping you? Let's go. Yeah. Bring on the restaurant. (laughs) I'd like to cut my risks off at like a podcast <laughs> and that'd be it, you know, Yeah, like a PA system. I don't want to. It do is a- true. I mean, you know, and that's where I kind of dig into a lot with the like bookkeeping side of things is, you know, you think it's so easy. It's like you only serve dinner, you know, how complicated can that be? Um, but there's so much that it takes to keep a restaurant going. I mean, I have like 9 million insurances that I have to keep straight. And, um, especially there, right. And there's so much, um, bookkeeping and ordering and, and luckily all these jobs are shared between our, you know, staff, but there's a lot of things that go into it and we only serve one meal of the day, Yeah, you know? So, Hmm. um, the logistics of running a restaurant are, are tough. Yeah. You know? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. So, anyways, back to my... Fried chicken joint. Well, back to even before that, the recession. Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't... Hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil. I guess, is there a plan? Like, um, I mean, are you, like, how far in the future are you guys thinking? Are you... And I only ask this cause, just because I'm curious about, like, a, any business owner's perspective on this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think so out of the group of us, I feel like I'm a little more geared to what's immediately in front of me. I'm very much detail oriented. Stephen Franks, my business partner, is a little more. He has he has a better big picture. What's next? Okay. You know, I fight change to yeah. the nail. And really? Oh, yes. And it's so bad because it mm. doesn't even make sense. Mm. Like, I remember my mom used to have this, like, crappy minivan. <laughs> and I remember being like, she was like, I think I'm going to get this car. It's an Audi A4 or <laughs> S4 or whatever. <laughs> and I remember being like, mom, you wouldn't do the minivan dirty. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why? Why would you ever want to sell the minivan? She's like, it's called really with evolving. A, with a marketing and like working in that. Oh field. yeah. No, I'm like, let's keep sending <laughs> faxes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have clients that send faxes every day. So oh, yeah, no. that's awesome. <laughs> no, it's yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess in certain yeah, compartments right. of my life. Yeah. You know, yeah. But yeah, there's some things mm. that I'm just like resistant to. So we talk about like, what do you see the Brewster? What do you see this looking like? This yeah. property mm. changing. I mean, and it's changing constantly. It's got to be more challenging though at the Brewster because you have such the history of the building and, you know, yeah. the property and everything. You want to keep the authenticity hundred percent. Right. Yeah. But you also don't want to ignore that your customer base is changing rapidly. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
you know, and if this was a client of mine in Boston, we'd invest a ton of money on doing market research mm-hmm. and I'd get to hear, you know, why everyone purchases what they purchase. And I would nerd out. I would put it into an Excel spreadsheet. I'd make some graphs. I'd make a PowerPoint, waste a bunch of client money doing all of that. <laughs> and then I would dazzle you with my results. And yeah. then I would make a decision right? Um, or make a recommendation for my client to make a decision. Yeah. But now hmm. I don't do all that. So it's just have, you have to kind of you read what you can yeah. about the industry, be aware, hmm. um, make it specific to your clientele, yeah. see how you see them in general evolving. Yeah. And then you kind of have to make like a gut decision. Like, is this, you know, where hmm. do we see this going? And we've done different things on our menu to kind of accommodate what we feel is happening you know, within mm. the dining world. So like more shareable plates, more vegetarian options, um, mm. smaller portions, you know, mm. um, we do nights of the week where we do special deals. We do bring your own wine. Mm. We do. And there's a lot of different things, you know, that we do to kind of accommodate that. How do you communicate that though to your uh, customer base? Faxes. I told you, all faxing. <laughs> Fax it out to the masses. In Casanova, that might be true. Like you may have like the personal owners like fax in their car or something yeah. like that. <laughs> um, yeah, we do a lot through <laughs> we do a lot through social media. Yeah. Um we still have you know, we have a pretty good sized email list. Okay. Um and then we of course post a lot like just on our menu. So when someone's coming in they can see like here's what's That's going cool. on for this next month. Yeah. Um and as basic as you think that would be, it actually kind of does the trick. Yeah. Um without giving away too much, but you guys are you are up for this year. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Substantially. It's so I'm great gonna, to see. The connection I'm going to make between you and like one of the only other few restaurants that I know that are up that have been in business for, let's say, more than four years, five years, is that neither one of in I mean, this is a compliment. Here it comes. Neither one of you are like excelling on, fa- on like social media. Okay. That hurt. So. That hurt. <laughs> In other words, listen, I just started, I took a, I don't know if I can. Um, well, okay. So yes, I take that, that. I'm okay with that. So. I'm, I'm, uh, I won't show you the video. I just took a class on, you know who Zach King is? No, I feel like I know no one. Okay. I feel like I'm like a tourist in this market sometimes. That's okay. I, um, maybe I'll show, maybe I will show you the video. Um, but you know what I think? So there are certain brands and I'm sure you could kind of pinpoint a few in your mind. I'm thinking of one in particular. I think their branding is phenomenal. I think mm -hmm. the marketing is phenomenal. I want to be as cool as they are with everything they post. But I think sometimes they forget like the basics. Which one? Like, no, no, don't even go me into that because I'm not <laughs> telling you. But it's like, and then there's I. Two, there's two I'm thinking okay, of. Okay, I'm thinking of two, too. Okay. If you're thinking of one of them, uh, <laughs> um, well, I'll, we'll talk off about camera. it off camera. Yeah, okay. Um, but it's then you walk in and, you know, the hostess yeah. is too cool with her crop top, can't yes. get you a table. Yeah. Or you're waiting, you're three deep at the bar and yeah. no, you know, no one has any concern for you. Yeah. And they forget the basics of like, 
yeah, it's cool to like your branding's on point. Your marketing's amazing. Yeah. But like, make sure your food's good. Right. Make sure your service is good. And like, yeah, listen, that's important. That's huge. That's, and maybe that's what it is for success because I mean, I, I do stuff for clients that is But you do have to have the branding. You do, but we're still such a small market that like when, when I was doing our big launch party last month, uh, for the new card and like the seventh inning, I wound up going to the radio. I do like digital marketing for a living and have like this huge Instagram Mm -hmm. following. And I went to the radio and that really kind of was what pushed us over in terms of attendance to make sure that we made, they got your facts clearly. Right. And they were like, we're interested in this. (laughs) Yeah. It is true. But I, um, so I'm also the president of the chamber of commerce for Casanova. Like I, like I have free time or whatever to do things. (laughs) And it always kind of drives me a little nuts when people are like marketing, social media, I can't do that. And I think of it, it's so essential for your business. That's yeah. like me saying like QuickBooks, that seems scary. Right, yeah. Sorry, I guess. but QuickBooks is essential. And the next most essential thing is marketing. Right. My question, I don't think the question still is anymore, is social media essential? I mean, it is in some... There are some businesses I run into and they're like, should we get on Facebook? Is it going to stick? I get like, there are still some in the area. You're blowing my mind right now. The question is for me, how much of it? So like, I'm going to show you this video and uh, you're going to think it's the best thing you've ever seen in your life. All right. So obviously nobody on the podcast is now going to hear this. Um, Back to everybody on the podcast. If uh, you know who Zach King is, then you know what I just... I got to Google all these people. Right. Zach King is like a YouTuber, like Vine star back when Vine was a thing. So it's just like a stupid editing trick to make that work. But I'm now like going all in on that type of a thing and thinking that it will be the... Like that's going to drive in more traffic. Sometimes it is stuff that's kind of simple and stupid like that. I mean, think you know, I think of like who I follow on Instagram. It's like mm-hmm. Barstool Sports and like other just like dumb right. memes and things. And it's kind of some of that weird stuff that catches your attention. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. um, now sometimes when brands are so picture perfect, mm-hmm. it uh, it doesn't, it falls flat. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Or that's what I will be telling everyone when I post a 
hastily done (laughs) photo for the Brewster. Um, (laughs) But some of it just doesn't feel as like authentic versus when you know it's coming from like a single source, they aren't studio done photos. Yeah. And you know, it could just be like me on the roof trying to get a good view (laughs) of a sunset, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. It it kind of has that um hmm. feels a little more authentic, I guess. Yeah. I wonder if that's just what's going to work in a like our market. Because I'm thinking of like Well the a, pendulum has swung, so everyone yeah. wanted got super super brandy. Yeah. Um and perfectionist on everything and sometimes a little bit you know, seeing maybe yeah. a little swing back. I don't know. All right. You know, that works well for my model of business, but yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you guys are gonna go all the way back to like the 1800s. Yeah, you know, for... and I'll do the 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 uh, camera with the thing over it. <laughs> and that's gonna be that'll be our thing. Oh my god, you just made me feel so bad about myself because I was just recently thinking about like going to a film <laughs> camera and then somehow putting it on digital. <laughs> so in you know how we talked about um, breakfast, lunch, dinner, that David Chang thing. Yeah. So Seth Rogen in there was saying that he made a silent movie. Yeah. That was his next project. He made a silent movie. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, I got to see this. This is going to be so (laughs) stupid, but probably pretty entertaining. Yeah. He's just kicking it old school because he's so high that that was a brilliant idea at the time. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, that's pretty funny. Right. I don't know. Who knows where the future will go? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I I have no idea what the future. After two glasses of, of bourbon, I think that's like an awesome idea. <laughs> that but is who knows? An awesome idea. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what the future of the restaurant marketing world or what it's going to be. I hopefully I know what to do to like help out my clients more than anybody else, but I don't. So far, my ideas have been like go more all in on social media mm-hmm. and come up with crazy foods and which is really just a copy of rise and shine diner, you know, oh, I love rise and shine. I do. I, yeah. Um, yeah, they're good. They're good. They are good. good. They're both on the eat local CMY card. So oh, I, absolutely, perfect. I obviously good. love them. Yeah. Um, but most of what I suggest one of my clients do for their menu is just to copy them. It's like, it worked for them. It'll work for us. That's why I mean, that, that's, Talk about not having much of a location. I mean, really, they yes. let their food speak for them. Yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. So. And everyone goes, I mean, it's just a great. Yeah. They're like, listen, you have to wait two hours. I'm like, I'm cool with that. I'll be out in the rain. Right. You just get me whenever. It doesn't matter. You're ready. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Favorite meal you've ever had? <sighs> Favorite meal. An old favorite. It can't, um, can't be at your restaurant. Either. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. No, it can't be there. <laughs> it doesn't have to be from another one in the area, but. Let's see. Favorite meal. Favorite meal. I'm trying to think of just the other restaurants I love. I mean. Mm, oh, you're really putting it on. I'm trying <laughs> to think of all like the fun dinners I've gone to and. That's a really tough That's one. A t- <laughs> that is so tough. There isn't like the first one that, but it doesn't have to be like the favorite that you've ever mentioned in the history of your life, but like you won't be judged on this. But like, what's the, 
What's the first, if I say like the best meal you've had, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? I think of, of course, a fabulous meal at the Brewster Inn. Second, <laughs> second, I do get some serious cravings for like lemongrass and I really? just think they do. Yeah. I've never been there. I used to work at such a junk little Thai place in Boston. That yeah. was like my side hustle. Okay. Um, and then I came and ate at Lemongrass. And I was like, this is what Thai should be. Really? Okay. Yeah. And that's something yeah. where there's like a few restaurants in the area where hmm. I feel like I have a great meal. It's fancy. It's well plated. It's whatever. But as far as like, I just think they do such a good job hmm. of flavors. I mean, you could put them in like a back alley. Yeah. And the food just would stand out. Stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have to check them out. I lost hope in the brand from Citronelle. Um, yeah, Citronelle, t- it's so different. Yeah. Um, I've had a few people say, you know, feels, it has like a hotel bar feel. Yeah. And I definitely think they're they're trying to figure out their identity. Yeah. Because um, it's definitely so different from what lemongrass is. Mm-hmm. And I love these places like lemongrass. It's like it just feels like lived in. You know, it feels like okay. it has history. It has like hmm. authenticity. It's established. Yeah. Um, whereas some of these newer spots, hmm. it's just like too fresh. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's like a weird trying yeah. to pinpoint what the feeling is. But people have like... It just makes me realize there are a lot of things that go into a dining experience. Food is one. Right. But also decor, atmosphere, just all of that facilitates it. Hmm. Um, Food is good there. But I know what you mean. It's just um, they're finding their identity and where they fit within the Syracuse food market. And and that can be sometimes the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. We went there. We've been twice. The first time we went kind of like right when they opened and... Loved it. It was, they had like the, they had like, I, I shouldn't say one of the first, but it was one of, one of the first experiences I had seen in downtown yeah. where it was like a legit dry aged steak. Yeah. And had a great dinner, great experience. And then we went back um, maybe in the spring and it just, it was like the opposite of, it just kind of felt like everywhere else. I was like, all right, well, you're getting the same thing from the same supplier that this person is. It just all tasted like that. Yep. And so then I was like, all right, well maybe I know that's, and you're like me, that's always what I do. I go into a restaurant and I order exactly what's on our menu. Right. You know, so if they have anything that's within the realm of that, like I want to see how they're doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, and so definitely when I went in, I ordered similar things on our menu mm-hmm. and just kind of compared and contrasted. But um, one thing that I felt like they did a great job of was they did this huge oyster event. And mm, yeah. living in Boston for so long, I'm like an oyster fiend. Yeah. And um, they just packed the house. I think it was mm. like a Tuesday night and they had probably wow. like 200 people for this event. Wow. So it was a, a, all you can eat like oysters and white mm. wines and they were from every different mm. location and they did a killer job on that. Wow. Um, we get so busy during the summer that I just don't have time to yeah. be a human and go out to other restaurants, <laughs> but I definitely plan on trying them again this winter and, yeah. and seeing what they're doing. Cause it's, mm. you know, there's a, 
it's a growth process. You know, every, every quarter, every time you change your menu, whatever it is, you know, there's totally a, a learning curve and seeing what your clientele wants. And yeah, yeah. But, uh, they just come from a good parent company. So I just feel yeah, good, good vibes. It'll all happen there for them. But, yeah. um, but yeah, lemongrass is still a, a total favorite for me. I want to, uh, just take like a map of like armory square and then kind of work my way up through the city and just hit every restaurant in order, yeah. you know, over however long it takes me. Um, I also want to start like an underground, like newspaper, just restaurant review. Uh, That's what I wanted to do in the Casanova really? Republican. But the column was going to be called, you know, it was like lies, hearsay and straight up gossip or something, just something <laughs> like ridiculous. And it was just going to be all like, listen, Sally at the post office just said that she may or may not have seen. And that was going to be my column. <laughs> Restaurant awesome. reviews would have been way better. But yeah, um, the challenge is trying to find someone who knows legitimately what food is and mm-hmm. what it should be um and finding that person that knows and also can write well not even write like to a certain like educational standard but just yeah. write interestingly yeah um and so yeah so i mean i'd kind of like to do that still i don't know if that's a profitable venture or not i don't think it would be but yes back in my journalism days of college they said Gather up, children. Yeah. Get ready to make a whopping $20,000 out of college if you choose this as your career path. And I thought, that seems like a lot of money. I'm good with that. (laughs) And um, then I realized what that was. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I am going to go to the dark side and do public relations. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's some of your, that's your first recollection of a favorite meal. You have a recollection of a worst meal. (sighs) A little bit, yeah. But <laughs> but it's not at the Brewster Inn. It's not at the Brewster Inn. It is at a restaurant locally. All right, don't say it on on the podcast. No, and it, yeah. it, it's uh, um, they just gave us like fried liver as the the entree to the meal, and I just <laughs> it, it flavors were not there. Yeah, first and foremost. And the, and that as an entree probably costs them a dollar seventy five. Yeah. And uh, you know so when you want an entree, right? You want an entree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I want to see a a filet mignon come at me. I want some tuna. I want some salmon. Yeah. But um, do you like filet mignon? I do. I know oh, everyone. I, I know. Hate it. I know. And everyone's always like, but ribeye has flavor and blah blah blah. And there are yeah. so many other great cuts. And I'm just. Filet is just so cute and it has a great sauce or something on it. Yeah. Makes me feel pseudo healthy. The only good filet I've had was the, like, they were all small, even smaller than normal, but it was like a trio with uh, a different butter or sauce at Arid Evans. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I haven't been to Arid Evans in a while. Yeah. Um, but I hear really good things. I saw they just recently... Um, kind of expanded their patio, which looked really cool. Yeah. Um, and they got the whole food truck thing going. So do they still have that? I don't know. Who I knows? They had it a couple of years I'm ago. Out of this, I'm out of the loop on it all. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've heard really good things. I just don't get out that much. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Caitlin, thank you for being on the podcast. No problem. I think this is the longest episode we've ever had. <laughs> so good job. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Bore everyone to death, I'm sure. No, not They'll at all. They'll be like, who's this girl? I thought this was a great conversation. <laughs> yeah. And uh, everybody go out to the Brewster Inn in Casanova. Awesome. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. It means so much. I, I really i am so grateful that you listen to this podcast, so thank you so much. And if I could just ask two other favors, and I'm asking for a lot, but hit that subscribe button, whichever platform that you're listening to this on, if it has a subscribe button, then hit it, so that way you know the moment a new episode drops and leave us a review let us know what you think about the eat local cmy podcast it means so much in the podcast and we're able to get those reviews so leave us a review let us know what you think of the podcast